Welcome back to another episode of the Wireless Buds podcast. Today, again, joined by Matthew and Noah. Uh, we're discussing capitalism today. Uh, podcast title is Capitalism, What Makes Us Free? This is a, a 2021 release by Thoroughline. Um, it talks about neoliberalism and how it was formed and how it's impacted our lives today. Uh, this was put in our uh, our playlist by none other than man, the myth, the legend, Matthew himself. Um, so why don't you give us a little bit of a an insight to why uh, this is something we should discuss? Absolutely. Thank you for that introduction, Max. Um, it does seem to me that. Um, neoliberalism is becoming more of a word that people are using. And I'm not sure if this is because I have a colleague who is currently in graduate school for architecture and that individual expressed to me a sort of um, series of concerns about neoliberalism and specifically how neo uh, neoliberalism is being integrated into academia specifically. Um, and for those of us who would like a definition of neoliberalism, I have it right here. It is uh, used to refer to market-oriented reform policies such as eliminating price controls, deregulating capital markets, lowering trade barriers, and reducing, especially through privatization and austerity, state influence in the economy. E economy excuse me. Um, so this is uh, sort of a political philosophy, and hopefully you guys received from that um, that... It's sort of, uh, I believe it is the government, I believe it is removing the government from economical uh, processes. Um, anyway, I, I, I bring up you know, neoliberalism specifically to begin discussing capitalism because I think that a lot of people would approach you know, the economy with a certain amount of caution. I myself am extremely cautious of economics because I think that as a as a word, it encloses many other ideas. Economy itself has a lot to do with politics, has a lot to do with psychology, has a lot to do with sociology, um, has a lot to do with mathematics. It's a very um, multifaceted field. And to those people who study economics, I have such a deep respect for you uh, because I find it so daunting and so difficult. Um, but if anything, I wanted to familiarize the buds with uh, capitalism and economical workings and to bring this idea of neoliberalism, which is getting so popular, uh, to discuss, you know, sort of bring that out into the forefront. So what did you guys think of the podcast? What did you learn? Yeah, that was a, that was a great intro, Matthew. I thank you for providing those um, definitions because it really gives a... a concise message of um what we're trying to talk about today um i really enjoyed the podcast because i am not familiar with much of this stuff yet i see it everywhere and now that um i guess my eyes have been opened to it and the ideas and stuff and i at, at some point throughout the podcast you know they were playing different presidential speeches and you can just hear the ideas what people talk about um, you know, hear these ideas reflected in campaign, which is pretty cool because this started out as such like a 
uh, hush topic. I mean, the the way the way this starts out is is in uh, like a the Swiss Alps is like a, a kind of like an underground society type meeting um, to discuss topics like this, and now it's just what we see around us. Yeah, I I took uh, the history chunk out of it. I think um, a fascinating just idea in general for me is that uh, the way things are right now, like the way the world works right now, it has not always been that way. And as a, a younger person, um, as a group of younger people, it's it's easy to not realize that it's easy to um kind of i guess assume that the world uh, operates how it always has um even though when you know when the second you think about that for a split second it just just an absurd idea because you know we've seen massive leaps in our own lifetimes um in technology for example but the the idea that things have not always been this way are fascinating to me because I don't know, it's just like it's hard to pin down, I suppose, but um I should have probably thought about this before opening my mouth. Uh <laughs> but it's almost no, I think like a, I think you're right on yeah, I think you're right on track there. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like the way people just say it's like this is the way the world works, but it's like, okay. Well, yeah, what does that mean? Well, yeah, why? And like, how did we get here? It's, yeah. And, and the how, well, did we, how did we get here is massive, I think. I, right, I totally agree with that. I, I totally agree with that, Max. I think that it's really important to understand capitalism uh, by understanding how it started, where it came from, you know, what uh, factors led to its evolution and its creation because you know i really agree with that that you know a lot of us can sit here and say okay well the world works in a certain way you know um i think it was said by someone that like the world is in some ways very demystified um which i take to mean that we understand certain natural processes and we understand certain things about the world that our predecessors and people who came before us could have never known and one of the big things i think was you know, demystifying the economy, which was done by a number of really amazing, you know, economists and thinkers and, I mean, almost philosophers. It almost takes a level of philosophy to understand, you know, uh, the economy and to understand capitalism. And a lot of things had to collide, you know, to make capitalism what it is today and what we understand it as. There's a lot of factors involved in it. Um, and I do think that some people say, capitalism is almost like well economy obviously is a sort of an evolutionary thing i think that's what some people would say maybe is that it represents a sort of evolutionary step in human relations and in civilization really because i think a concept of an economy has been around much long i mean we'd have to speak to somebody who knew more about this but you know i think that the concept of economy has been around for a very long time uh, of exchange of trade. You know, it goes all the way back to the cradle of civilization. I'm sure where, you know, we objects were assigned value and that's really what all of this is about. 
At least that's what I think. I mean, that's certainly accurate. Um, I don't have any studies on hand, but I can assure you <laughs> that, that people have been trading and bartering for as long as people have been around. As long as like, different people groups have been around. Yeah, I like the way you talked about it as like an like an evolution, um, the way capitalism comes around. Because, um, uh, as they discussed in the podcast, it was like a, uh, it was almost like things are in constant flux. Um, like what they talked about is is you know government got huge after the Great Depression, and then it's been kind of slowly repealing what's been done and and trying to get government maybe out of some things but still keeping with other programs like you know social security um like medicare medicaid type stuff um just making sure your hands are in the right places like having having incentives for like starting your small business or or, um, benefits for that because the whole thing is like you know it's it's a risky uh endeavor to go out into the world and you know essentially make your mark create a business for whatever you'd like to um it takes a lot of drive upfront capital um a lot of other things a lot of resources and it's just it's a big risk uh, and and basically um you know now there's programs in place that kind of help help along with that because it also spurs economic growth um so it incentivizes you know other people to you know partake in that and, and especially from like a government standpoint and it, like you said it's a, it's an evolution so we've we've just kind of like learned these things throughout history and we know kind of what works to keep us in an upward trend and you know it's not finalized it's it's continuing to evolve and i'm sure the world that we're living in you know 50 years from now is as old guys is probably going to be different than the world we're sitting in right now That was really well said, Noah. I think that, I mean, it. it's like when you, I don't know if you guys have ever done, you know, any amount of investment or, you know, you've studied the stock market or you know, anything like that. But I find, like I said before, when I, when I research these things and when I see them, I'm like extremely overwhelmed because it, it's so, uh, yeah. it's such an unpredictable science. And it's also just it seems like it's based on rules that are really, uh, really stressful to me. <laughs> like, um, like even just in the course of hours, you know, you can watch the literal rate of value and you can watch these things literally change in seconds. You can like update your computer, refresh, refresh. You see this little green zigzag line going up and going down, trending up and trending down. And it's like the fact that it's changing so much, it, is both creating opportunity and it's taking away opportunity and it's quite literally changing the world that we live in. If, you know, the cost of something because of a certain company's standing with other markets, you know, if that goes down, if the value of that thing is lost, it's like all of a sudden, you know, the price of a gallon of milk is, you know, $5 more than it would have been the day before. And it's like the turnover rate of some of these changes is absolutely shocking. But at the same time, we just, it's hard to notice these things when it changes very slowly over time. You know, a gallon of milk in the 1970s would have been a lot cheaper than a gallon of milk now. 
But even now, I mean, a perfect example is the cost of living in a place like Bozeman, Montana, where we were all living at one point in time. Like, I feel like that city has changed more than I could even begin to describe since since we've been there, or even since we all first met in 2016. I mean, you know, it's um, it's weird. And honestly, it, it makes the world a little more intimidating sometimes, at least for me. I think of change as a, you know, it's it's necessary, but it's one of those things that that's the one of the few things that you can count on in life is change. Um, I'm not saying that in regards to capitalism, um, I don't think it's all positive. I'm gonna be upfront with that, and maybe I don't have as much of an issue with capitalism as I do with consumerism, but um, I don't know I, the the. I tend to notice trends. So when you're talking about the the little green line going up and down and up and down, um, things that I've noticed during studies and research is that, at least in the system that we have, um, while policies affect, certainly, certainly have an effect, um, it's not quite as much as you'd as as much as I think uh, the general population like sees or like things that will affect the world, like the economy just kind of has its own flow, and that, I think that is the the incentive behind like laissez faire economics is the market will do what it does, um, and as long as we're like operating in this like. I almost see policy as something that um, is more like emotionally driven um, and value driven. Well, that seems redundant now that I say it out loud, but um, one example um, price of gas always goes down right before an election, <laughs> like, uh, which I think is hilarious and creepy, but. Um, I don't know. It I don't know. I'm a little bit sidetracked, I suppose. A scatterbrained. That's all right. I, I yeah. understand um you know, you made some some good points there and, and I guess to go off of that, um what I would then ask in well, in terms of getting back um maybe maybe towards the podcast and then a question to uh to start off um with letting the market do its thing and like you said just kind of like let it be the market will go and and resolve i mean that was that was kind of the whole thing um behind like uh capitalism and, and why you know they they stated um uh, get his name i forget it uh frederick hayek frederick hayek um mm. founder of, of this kind of thinking um Basically, it's like, you know, the, the New Deal that was imposed was like getting government in to places it shouldn't be. But it was to help kind of balance everything out. And we've kind of seen that, honestly, over these last couple of years with, with pandemic stuff. You see um, government get involved more just to try to stabilize things. And, you know, things things like uh, like stimulus checks, like the government's just like, here, here's some, here's some money. And, and now we see like, 
like rapid inflation and you know there, there was like the, the lower housing prices you know spurring the you know maybe helping spur the move to, to people moving to more rural areas like like bozeman um a lot of like uh, you know companies went to remote positions so it was m- maybe also easier making that move so just like a a, a variety of different things coming together to, to make Obviously, in, inflation happened at a rapid rate. Now it's trying to be slowed down. Um, and I'm just kind of, you know, wondering, like, okay, what if the government hadn't taken any action? You know, they just kind of did the laissez-faire effect. And obviously, this is all speculation. We have no idea. We're not economists, and we're not... Um, <laughs> our, our, our opinion may not hold any water. I'm just kind of curious about, like, how you, how you think about that kind of thing. I think we would have seen a lot of a lot of smaller businesses go under, um, which would have sucked, but I think we, we can see how well, uh, big business did like, um, companies that have like a massive part in the, uh, in supply chain, they did oh, yeah. like supremely well. Um, yeah. A lot of at-home services too. Like that's why you know, obviously, Bezos made a ton of money. So I think it's. I think on one hand, it was necessary for a stimulus to go out, but um, and even to individuals, you know, like. But yeah, you do have to deal with the repercussions of it. Um, yeah, definitely not. You an don't- economist here, but. Well, uh, I can certainly appreciate that, and I hope that the impression that you guys have received from me is that I'm terrified of economics, but one thing that you were talking about before, Max, really was uh, sort of stayed in my head, um, this concept of, you know, uh, the the market being based on sort of human uh, reactions and human impressions, things like that, and it's like... You almost come to think of you almost come to think of the economy as being a living thing of its own. You know what I mean? That's based on so many of us interacting and trading and getting things that we want. And I think that it's so linked with consumerism. There's no dividing it really in a way. But it's I don't know. It's like uh, thinking about the economy as being this like giant, changing, living thing. Uh, it almost seems to be like a an interesting way of viewing it just because it, it kind of is you know it's almost as interesting as like i don't know if you guys took a statistics class in college but in one of my courses we had this discussion about how when there was some kind of a political ad state like we talked about last time with the crying indian ad you know there's a, a, a correlation and a trend associated with the amount of people that were picking up garbage after they see this you know what what seemed like a public uh, you know a public service announcement you know it, and it's like you know if you can convince a certain amount of people to purchase a product or a certain amount of people to do anything it creates this massive change and it can it can affect the economy you know it's like everybody wants to buy a new the newest Nissan car and it's like because so many people would go out and buy those Nissan cars, then it's like, okay, well, now there's a trend. The market has just, it's done something. It's changed in some way, or its shape has changed. And it's, um, 
I don't know. It's interesting to think that all that stuff could just be based on human emotion and human impulse and things like that. And I don't know. That that makes me kind of uh, that makes me concerned sometimes. That makes me a little leery, you know, that it would be based on what I, I think sometimes is a very irrational human mind, you know. I mean, I I know that's that's kind of the whole point of it. I mean, markets can be volatile. The whole point of it, though, is that we have like systems and other things in place that keep it sound. And like like we've said, you know, we're we're no economists, so I can't speak to that. But I know there's things like like what happened with the um oh the whole like diamond fist to the moon type thing with uh <laughs> what was it like uh. GameStop stock a while back with like the short squeeze. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, that's exactly where my mind went to. Mm. Yeah, I don't know um, about that. Yeah, so basically, what happened is like, uh, I and it was just from reading an article, um, but it was uh, basically like the short squeeze is is people are or it's basically like betting or like you know buying interest in that you know that GameStop will go under this et cetera et cetera. Um, and then basically, when people see that, they can then go against that and then go, you know, buy a bunch of stock and increase its value rapidly, saying that, oh, I don't think that. And then they, you make your money back that way or something along those lines. It was it was basically just a, a group of people saying it's going to do one thing and then another group of people getting together and saying, uh, no, we're going to make it do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a massive coordination effort. May I jump in on this one? So Yeah, go uh, for it. Basically, Wall Street predicted GameStop was going to go under or lose a bunch of stock. Um, And the wonderful people on Reddit, um, which (laughs) is said with a a mighty hint of irony or sarcasm. um, Excuse you. (laughs) I have a Reddit. I'm I'm allowed to say this. You're okay. Continue. Just Uh, give me crap, buddy. People on like r slash Wall Street or something like that, I think, um, just started, I think there was like some meme that got posted and it gained a bunch of traction. And all of a sudden people started investing in GameStop, like, or buying stock. And so it just took off and all the people like actually on wall street, like, like professional traders were livid because they all of a sudden lost a bunch of money to people on Reddit. <laughs> just that is like, awesome. <laughs> just, just like decide to give a giant middle finger to the system, which I wow. think is wonderful. I think that speaks volumes to um, free market. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, no. That's a that's brilliant. I I wish I'd heard about that sooner. I mean, that's you know, and I don't know. There's one other thing that that kind of reminds me of, and it's like. I don't know. The, it does seem to be kind of a giant free for all in some ways, you know. And like Noah said, they have like these systems in place to make sure that you know this doesn't happen or this doesn't happen. But it kind of does seem like a huge free for all because in that situation, those systems or whatever, or those economists who are all like trying to, you know, they're predicting something. They're the experts. They're the people who've studied the trends, and it was still unpredictable, you know it was still unpredictable because the people behind this system are humans. And I think humans are really unpredictable sometimes. And I don't know. It leaves me kind of thinking that the system is, it's like a giant version of 
a natural selection process when it's free like that, when there's no parameters or, you know, structures or like those systems. But, you know, even those systems, they're not, you know, they're not, uh, they're not, uh, what's the word? Um, foolproof. They're deceivable. Yeah. They're not foolproof. Right. Um, you know, they're not, uh, flawless, you know, and it, it does kind of leave the impression that this system is, is hanging on by wires. And I don't, I don't know if I like to believe that, like, maybe that's not really true. I mean, I'm sure there are things that make it, that keep it stable, you know, but it just, it seems to me so precarious. It seems like the, every time you buy something or sell something or start a business, you're walking this very tedious line of like, having a product that people want and participating in this, you know, national and global system of exchange where depending on a certain person's emotion or depending on a certain sequence of emotions that are outside of your control, it's going to, you're going to get what you want or you're not. Yeah, but that's, uh, I mean, the whole point of this, it's, it's, um, is, I mean, it's it's as close as you can get to like like true freedom, right? Because if you had a system that was basically stating that this is the way things are to make everybody happy, then you're not really experiencing any form of freedom. You're just kind of following the system. So in that way, yeah, it's it's you're free to do as you will, and that can be good and bad. And and and. Yeah, and, and like they discussed in the like the podcast, you know, it's 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 the you know the the, the merit you feel, the the dignity, the the empowerment you feel by by going out and doing your own thing and having this freedom. It's it's like that's that's your reward. It's not stability. It's not guaranteed happiness. It's you being able to do as you wish. Yeah, but well, exactly. But like, sorry, Matthew. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. All right. Um, Towards the end of the podcast, they talk about how the system that we're in lacks safety or security. I think that's the trade-off that we accept, like we have to live with. Um, you either have a system where you can you know have a, a good say or have influence like the one that, you know that we have, obviously what happened with Wall Street is a great example of that. Um, but if you allow government into different pockets of the economy, um, different pockets of business, you create a system that's so rigid that no change can occur um, and that people lose that uh, autonomy. Um, so it's definitely a balancing act of, you know, uh, where to allow business or where to allow government uh, oversight and where to maintain individual freedoms. Um, I don't know uh, if I'm fully comfortable with the system we have, but I think, uh, I think given enough time, people can come together and, as as you know, as a general population and figure stuff out, like I think government interference in that situation, like in that particularly, um, sets us back. 
but it's not like we can all gather on an online forum and speak as friends and equals. <laughs> that's that, that's a, a little too idealistic, I think. You know, the the concept of participation is really interesting here because, you know, if you choose to participate in it, then you accept the risk is what you guys are saying and what the podcast says about you know, the system. And it's like, where do we draw the line with participation, though? It's like, if I want to go out and just buy something as a person, as a consumer, and I, let's just say something practical, like I've just been working all day and I want to buy a bottle of water. So I have money that I've earned at a job and I'm just getting something that I want slash need, right? Yet at what level do I draw the line where I am like, okay, I don't want to participate in this system because I do not accept the risks associated with it. What does that mean for you? as a person who has basic needs, you know, does that mean that you, you can't get that bottle of water or that you can't even live in this country? You know what I mean? Like if you're like, I do not accept the risks of, of capitalism. And yet yeah. I'm a person who has these things that I need, you don't really have a choice if you want to live a normal life, unless you want to live, <laughs> you know, you want to be homeless and you, and you want to grow your own food in a you know garden yeah. or something. You know what I'm saying though? Like no, it doesn't I, I do. Like it's a choice to be in it. I I think it's still a a matter of of choice though, because you you can, I, I mean, like I said, it's it's freedom to an extent, because like true freedom would be like, um, you think about like, I don't know, like a like a lion roaming the plains and it doesn't have any guarantees on whether or not it's going to eat that day, but if it catches something, it gets to eat and it has to find its own water and its own shelter and it could still be, you know, be killed. And it's, it's not a guarantee of anything. That's like the definition of true freedom. And so to be a part of this system, you give up pieces and portions of that freedom to participate because to be, you know, on the grid, have power to your house, have running water. You have to be a part of that system that pays, you know, your utility company. You pay for the taxes for the roads around your street so you can drive your car. Um, you know, but if you really wanted to to go be a nomad in the forest and have your own little log cabin and chop your firewood and hunt and go get water from the well and fish and be truly out there by yourself i mean that's that's true freedom you don't know if a bear is going to come by and you know kill you or you're going to run into a poison plant and die you know there's no health care out there there's no nobody but you and it's like entirely self-reliant true off the grid you know freedom if you um, can find land you know, and, that's, and own land yeah and you know it's maybe like a primitive version you could still have like like solar panels or something, but even then that's like some sort of like consumerism. Like you had to buy that at some point to, to set yourself up to go off the grid so you could, you know, have power or whatever. But even then it's like, unless you're like truly living a primitive lifestyle and crafting your own things, um, you have to give up small portions of your freedom, um, to participate. So it seems like no matter what you have to sacrifice something, to get what you want slash need to be alive. I mean, even in that way, you're not participating in, in 
this system, but you are participating in another one. You're still being a consumer. You know, you still have your needs and you're still taking something, you know, that isn't really yours, you know. In, yeah, but that's in, natural. In, yeah, I guess it is. I don't know. Just thinking that this system has any evolutionary intelligence about it, really, I maybe it doesn't after all. Maybe this system is just sort of an inherently natural system where you're given an opportunity and like you said, you make these certain sacrifices and just accept them because you need those things, you know what I mean? To live like literally. And instead of like working all day to, you know, build your fire, hunt your food, go find water. You're just going and working a job, getting paid, you know, credits and then being able to just go purchase those things. It's your time and effort goes elsewhere. I think here's where I might make my pitch uh, and put this out into the world um, in creating what what should only be known as um, Hermits United. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) Sweet. We got uh, a religious studies person and a philosopher slash English person. Um, Now we just need people with practical (laughs) skills. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, cool. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, Call me on the I, canned phone. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to seem like I have a problem with this system because I don't I I think Max earlier you you know, you admitted that you had like a certain amount of caution about it and I feel like I agree with that completely. I I don't see it as being negative. And I don't see it as taking away, and I don't have any problem with my the sacrifices that I make to participate in it. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm like uh, as many people as you can think of. I appreciate the fact that I can go down to the grocery store and I can buy uh, some kombucha and uh, like a cookie, a vegan cookie, and then walk back to my house, you know, and enjoy those things that I have worked all day as a teacher to be able to pay for. Like, I, like I accept this system. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's it's not wrong. I don't think that it's wrong. But I think being aware of its limitations is healthy. And I think participating in it and knowing at least something about how it works or being aware of its origins or what led us here to this place where this is our system and we own it, all that stuff seems extremely relevant for us. The people who are intimidated by the economy like myself and the people who know nothing about it, I just, I, I wish everybody would be informed about it and would know some of the basic rules of it, you know, because it's that, it's an ignorance of these processes that, that is dangerous, you know. Ignorance in general is just very dangerous, but if I was going to go on a rant about the economy, I think that's what I would say. And I myself am guilty of this too, I would add, that... I've just been so intimidated by it and, you know, and all this, and it's, it's taken away opportunities for me, like investment opportunities. And, but I I think it's nothing to be afraid of. I think it is something to be cautious of. So what is the point of, yeah, I, I really like it too, but what's the point of investment opportunities for you? I mean, you said it's taken away from that, but what is, what does that mean to you? You said it was like a negative connotation. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I could maybe elaborate on that, I guess it's like I would have invested myself in the stock market, like I would have used my money to invest in in organizations or companies or or 
things, you know, and I was just kind of like looking at, like I said, that little green line going up and down. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not an economist. I can't look at that and determine anything from it besides the fact that it's in the green or it's in the red, you know, well, and that's about as far besides that, like Matthew, like for what purpose? Why? Like, what are you, what are you doing to invest your money? Why, why would you be interested in it in the first place? In investing? Yeah. Uh, I guess to gain money. I don't know. Okay. So if, so, so then I guess if, if you're not interested in gaining money, um, this, I'm just kind of going out on a tangent here, but if, if you're not interested in gaining money, then it, it has no incentive for you to be investing your money. Right. You're right. You're your right. Money and I, needed I, for your basic needs. You're right. You're totally right. I mean, unless I was accepting the risk of losing that money, why would I invest it? Because investment is, a, it's, you know, it's very complicated. But I would add that I know people who invest their money, like in the stock market, and they think of it as like a game. They think of it as literally a, a extremely complicated uh, pattern observing and knowing when to pull out and when to put in. And, and they do really well for themselves, you know, but... I, for whatever reason, I, I'm afraid of that game and it's no coincidence that the people who the highest, you know, whatever, something about the highest rate of suicide is in like people who are stockbrokers and people who are investors, you know, I mean, it's a, I don't know. I think it's a dangerous world sometimes and there are more dangerous worlds, but for whatever reason, the economy has always intimidated me. And I think this, this episode has kind of helped me alleviate some of that fear uh, but also pull it out in the open. So, I mean, yeah. When when we hedge our bets on something that is so maybe not unstable but unpredictable, um, you know, when you really like put your your safety stability on that on that line, um, it's gonna fluctuate just as much as the market itself. Um, so it's, it's kind of no wonder that we see uh, high rates of suicide and depression and anxiety in this sort of situation but um, do you think it's I mean I'm sure it's possible for some people to to work in this in that field um, and still have a, a sense of stability you know, coming from elsewhere I definitely think so. And I definitely think that some people find it extremely rewarding. And the people who are good at it, like I said, I have such a deep admiration for these people because they're they're participating in something that is really, in my mind, very complicated. I'm sure an economist would say, oh, it's not that complicated. You know, what's complicated is English. English is extremely complicated. <laughs> um, but it, in a way, I think that uh, calling it art, calling uh what economists do in art is extremely accurate. Um, it's, I don't know. You know, I, uh, it seems like from this conversation, we've, you know, we've kind of established that we all have relatively different views, uh, in terms of where we stand in relation to it. So I guess I'm, I'm interested to hear more about like Noah's sort of take in general. Like you don't sound like you're very afraid of it. So how do you 
How do you feel about it? Do you just kind of accept it for what it is, or do you have some kind of uh, underlying philosophy about like how you accept a system that you you somewhat understand? Yeah, so I would I would say yeah, I preface that with I I somewhat understand it. Um, it's not something I'm you know actively you know trading. It's it's something that I just partake in. I mean, capitalism is our system. It's what we do daily. It's not. It doesn't necessarily mean your investments. That's a separate um, topic, a separate conversation. Because participating in capitalism is, like you said, working all day, being able to go buy your kombucha and a cookie. Nice. Like that's that's participating participating in capitalism. Yep. You know, you could have easily just bought like a, a bag of chips and and a soda or something like. Um, you're making choices and you know, whether those are for personal reasons or for, you know, if you choose to go to, uh, you know, a local bakery rather than just a supermarket to get your cookie. I mean, it's, it's all like, it's all your own choices and it's all participating in capitalism. You're choosing where you put your time and your money and investing is just a small facet of that. I would say, um, so I, I mean, I, you know, I have like, like 401k, et cetera, um, for like small investment, like life term, you know, like lifelong investments and, you know, like the money on the side that you just kind of like toss around. It's more just for like fun and learning rather than like, um, any sort of, uh, financial gains, I would say, because I'm, I'm not well versed in it. It's not something that I'm actively trying to you know, make money at and make a career at. And it's, it's just something like, like you said, it's, it's very daunting. And so, um, it's, you, you can just like, you know, have, have a few dollars here and there to, to throw around, invest in different things, kind of like let it sit, watch it gross, kind of see what it does. And, and just by a, a means of, experience learn kind of how things move and i I know that's that's kind of like the best way to do things is is by experience and that's why people who are you know maybe good at economics and stuff like that have been in the game for a really long time but like like i said it's a very small facet of it participating in in capitalism and supporting your local businesses if if that's what you choose to do if you really like corporations i mean go support that it's your own free will to support whatever you'd like to does that help answer your question of, of my thoughts on it <laughs> it it does yeah and i i really like what you said about choice and and you're right like it all does kind of boil down to human choice you know what you choose to invest in you know, how you choose to use your time, what you choose to buy as a consumer, you know, what you choose to sell. Um, but, you know, it's so much of this, it does seem like, I don't know about what you guys think, but I think like living as a, as living a primitive lifestyle, it just seems extremely unrealistic to me because I feel like in some way, I mean, Thoreau teaches us that no matter how much you try to escape patterns in your life, you will always go back to them, you know. He tried to go to, you know, get water on a different route every single day. And I guess he got so busy doing other stuff, he forgot. And he ended up going down the same path for a, a very long time before he realized that he was still doing it. It's one of those things where I feel like the system is in a way kind of inescapable if you want to be realistic. And I mean, 
maybe you know maybe that's okay maybe that's fine but i mean as far as choice it's like it doesn't really seem like it is a it is a free will thing in a way and i mean maybe you know i'm just i'm trying to play devil's advocate here because i i don't know i don't i i guess i would want to just constantly question the fact that it's a real choice and not just a choice in a system that we were born into and that we have lived inside of you know i mean it's we don't exact we have a choice in how what we do about the system but we don't have a choice in the function of the system does that make sense uh, yeah it does and and to to touch back on a point you previously made it's it's a matter of being aware um yes yeah just being conscious of of what you're doing and you know like like you said with Thoreau and, and you're trying to make different choices you can get sidetracked and end up in habits and and patterns and like that happens but like as long as you have some sort of awareness then that's all you can do to make sure your choices are actually being your choices rather than a system of, of patterns and just drifting through your own life. Yeah. Well said. Well said. That seems like a, a wrap to me, guys. What do you think? I think we've covered it pretty well. Um, I really enjoyed that conversation. Definitely makes me agree. think and uh, reassess uh, how little I am uh, <laughs> paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no, I, it is. if I've learned one thing, it's that if you want to have agency, you got to uh, yeah, uh, learn a bit, keep an ear open, and uh, really evaluate what you're yeah, evaluate where your priorities are and make sure that what you're doing with your money or your credit or whatever, your assets, make sure that you're investing that or saving it or doing whatever with it in alignment with your values. Yeah, doing doing with it what you will basically being, you know, participating how you how you'd like. Yeah, and be different and for everybody. Being aware too. Well, uh, to our listeners out there, uh, I hope you also got something out of this conversation. Um, If you have any questions, comments for us, or you'd like to suggest an episode uh, or a podcast for us to listen to, please send those to wirelessbuds22 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Cheers.